Mouth open. <laughs> All right, we've got, we've got chewy bacon and we've got crispy bacon and apples and summer sausage and are these were these nuts in the freezer? Oh, look at that! Now we got napkins. Yes, they're oh, wow. in the freezer. Okay. I don't know why because they were sealed and preserved. Oh, okay. So we got like a dozen people at base camp, and um, we've got we still got at least two people up on the laboratories. Um, uh, you know. Tim and Marta, and um, my brother was just here. They must have gone into town. I know that they're going to go look at a dump truck, and they're going to also hit the Saturday market and stuff because it's Saturday. And um, so, what, how long? You guys, most of you guys have been here like um, what five days now, right? Right. And Bob, you were here yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. Well, Charlie's been here for ages now. He's like kind of filling in the gaps between everybody else. Yeah. So, um, and then it's kind of like, all right, so we're trying to think, like, okay, what? And I wasn't even here the first day. All you guys showed up, and I wasn't even, I, I was still down in Moscow. Oh, and I recorded a podcast about that, so everybody's probably listened to the, so as people are listening to this podcast, they've already heard my podcast about Salatin in Moscow. And so while I was down recording that podcast and then driving back, you guys were showing up here and getting settled in and getting started. Or maybe even they got here the day before that. Like you'd already like by the time I got here, you'd already been here twenty four hours. But all right. So the things that went on. Um what do we got on the list there? What's the top of the list? Well the top of the list is the pooper and uh working on it and all of the all of the starts and restarts. But the big thing about it is is that um the different innovations that you wanted to get into it and the way we had to build the deck strong enough to be able to hold everything because there's a tromb wall that's going to be on it. We have to be very careful of, and we spent some time talking about the airflow around the can to make sure that we're not going to be pulling, that we're going to be pulling the venting the way we want it and not being able to vent up into the seating area. You know, this might be a good time to, like, we need to go around and everybody says whatever name they're comfortable with sharing with, you know, the people that listen. So, I'm Bob. I'm Kit. I'm Brennan. Charlie. And Morgan. And, and Jocelyn's hovering. Hi. <laughs> and and uh, there was a whole, this, this, this place was packed, like, five minutes ago. We had, like, more than a dozen people here, but now. Okay. All right, so the pooper... Um, and, and you know, I feel real bad because it's like you guys came out here for all this stuff and I've hardly spent any time up on the laboratory with you guys doing stuff. And then I come up to look at the pooper and, and it's like I just point and talk. I thought I was going to, like, pick up a hammer or something or or drill. And um, instead, it's like next thing you know, we've got to go do another thing. And um, I don't remember picking up a tool at all up there. But... Um, uh, I, I know that I went up there and looked at it, and I think all I did was criticize what was there. Uh, hopefully you guys are like, yay, criticism, we love that. That's our favorite. <laughs> right? That's what happened? Absolutely. So, so um, Tim, Tim was, was kind of leading the thing, but Tim was like doing um, uh, a dozen things simultaneously. I know that um, I was trying to get a bunch of online stuff done, and I'm and it's like we we've spent all this time debating about it, whether or not to get a dump truck. And and then the my you know I hear about that, and it's like okay, the dump truck costs all this money, and it's like okay, I'll work harder. I'll find a way to come up with this money for this dump truck. So that's kind of where I've been spending a lot of my time. But um, we, we we decided to get it. We're getting the dump truck. And I need to cry and you know work harder and pay for it. And so, um, but in the meantime, you guys are going up on the land. You're looking at this pooper. So what else? What else is there to say about the pooper? Um, well, the other innovations, the difference is, is that it's a garbage can versus a wheelie bin, the big Rubbermaid type. And that was because Tim's got lots of these. He's yeah. got like 25 of them. They're all over. And in fact, we. In all the stuff we were doing, we got familiar with them because we ran into the dump or filled them up. How many times? How many did you guys fill up? 
Oh, on that? On that dump. Trash. There was multiple cans, big cans, but we crisscrossed all over the property looking for the garbage and finding bits and pieces of all kinds of interesting things out there. Did you guys find the oven? I didn't see the oven. No, oh, it's no. Further, yeah, it's further out. And I, I kind of know where it is, but we didn't. We, yeah, didn't encounter it. I think it's on the east border. Yeah, yeah. I, but I found another sort of little campsite that's up on the top of the hill there. All kinds of stuff up there. I found like a. a it looked like a brand new rubber insert for a car window or something. It was like. <laughs> and it when I like go camping, camp. I love to bring my rubber insert. <laughs> <laughs> that makes for the best camping experience. We, 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 found a, we found a whole campsite of, I think, teenagers, but there were sleeping bags and items and articles of clothing and a little wristband that said, Junior Class of 2013, get wasted. That's what the wristband said. <laughs> Huh. So kind of have a little. And they did. They left their waste all over and the land. They wasted the land. Wasted. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I looked at that one and I kind of thought to myself, okay, here's here's what I think must have happened is that they're up there, they're camping, and a bear came to visit, and they all started screaming and they ran away. And they left their sleeping bag, a bunch of their clothes, yeah. their marshmallows. <laughs> full-on campsite. Yeah, everything yeah. was like intact. You could have, you know, taken residence up there. Run away! Run away! <laughs> yeah, something. You know, I, who knows? And then they just they just took off. Uh, that was my that's my guess. But um, and I think I think that we've now discouraged probably 95% or more of the people who used to come to the land. And um, you know, we just I think we're down to just one one guy and. And we had uh, we had a, a, a slip tank, which is what you put your diesel in when when you're you know to help, and it also helps to transfer diesel from the place where you buy it to the track hoe and eventually a dump truck. Um, and um, uh, I I think that shortly after it was placed, when, when we were just first getting onto the land and we hadn't even put up the gates yet, I think that's when somebody came and took it. I think it's the same time. That somebody lit the animals out. Somebody went up and, and lit the pigs out. And, and apparently, when you lit the pigs out, here's what they do: is that they remember that that's the spot where they got all the candy before, and they kind of hang around there. So it turns out, letting the pigs out, not that big a deal. <laughs> so, but um, somebody stole. Um, you know, they just there's a pump on the top of it, and it's like, oh look, free diesel. And so they they helped themselves, and uh, they took they took it. But I think they took it. A long time ago, um, and and so it's not like a recent thing. However, that's that's the biggest thing that's happened so far with um, people coming onto the land. Uh, you know, we we kind of had uh, there were some people driving by last night, but nobody came on to the land. But um, uh, I think I and I think that it's even possible. I don't think we've had the the guy. I don't think he's been through in the last week. So maybe. After all that we've done, maybe. Well, no, wait. Somebody drove cross country, and then you guys went out and, and made some tape traps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got a chance to drive the <coughs> track hoe. Some of us not as skillfully as others. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a second chance. That'll be cool. It'll be, be fun to do. But uh, it was fun watching Charlie because he had it out there at the end of the boom so much that. It was kind of rocking a little bit. I was bit. trying to roll it. <laughs> you're, you're trying to roll my track on? Is that what you just said? We were picturing Charlie catapulting through the open front window there and wondering how that was going to look, but he never he never quite tipped it over. Yeah, no, Brennan seems to have it down. He's the man. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, Brennan, you were out there driving it a bit yesterday. Tim put Tim, you know, who's... Uh, like 20 years construction foreman, I, I, it's like he comes out and he picks what everybody's going to do to optimize performance. And he, he kept putting you on the track hoe. Yeah, it was pretty fun to dig the, the trenches for the stop the cars come in and then scrape the, some of the land for the Wafati, try yeah. to build the hugo culture started, stuff like that. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Got some skills, man. Now, I'm thinking when the dump truck arrives, I need to get a picture of me sitting in it. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'll even turn it on. I, I, mean, I understand it takes some skill to drive, but I've never driven anything like that. I mean, it's a it's a big dump truck, and um, but what I want to do is I just want to get a picture sitting in it. I want to say that this is me in my pickup. 
I've got the, I've, I, I own the manliest pickup. That's right. That's right. All right, what's next on the list? Well, next on the list, uh, we, uh, we wound up building and rebuilding the pooper because the log shifted and we weren't square. We got it all. So it's to the point where the rafters are on there and we're ready to be able to put the roof on there. And we all got a chance to learn how to make shakes for the first time, which you made a video of. Right. So, you know, vanilla shakes, strawberry shakes. Huckleberry shakes. Huckleberry shakes, yeah. Huckleberry shakes, yeah. I mean, how hard is that? Just, you know, a blender, some ice cream? Well, evidently there's quite a technique to doing this, but they're, it's the wood shakes. and uh, That doesn't sound very tasty. <laughs> nah, it's kind of chewy. Slivers <laughs> <laughs> in your gums. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, no, Tim dropped a... a Tamaracks and cut them into 20-inch rounds, and uh, we got the uh, the fro uh, and uh, uh, made uh, beater sticks, and through experimentation, this, that, and the other, and then we found out that there's actually an established technique for that that we slowly got close to, but not quite at. But it goes very quickly whenever it's done. Whenever it's done in a specific way, where you beat it down, hit it like you're splitting wood, the crack propagates all the way down, and then a, it's it can be it can be very quickly. It took us a while at first. It was pretty slow at first. Bob did. I think you did more than I did. Yeah, I think I uh, sort of off the bat, I was trying to get one or two initial really good wax, and that seemed to do exactly what you're saying. Get the cracks to propagate down and 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 use the uh, the fro, the bro. I think it's called a fro. It's a fro. And, that, and then eventually the the handle of the fro broke, and we we were cutting up pieces of wood to use as a handle, and sort of found out that between that and the mallet, that uh, dry wood had more strength, and the green wood, even though it was heavier as for a mallet. Uh, the a lighter dry piece had more strength and you got more of a wallop out of it. Um, something maybe the, the dry woods maybe a little uh, hits a little harder and the uh, the green wood sort of absorbs when you hit. So and then the I guess the bro with the collar that the handle would fit in it's it's a little bit skinny if it were a bigger collar you'd of course have a bigger piece of wood and it wouldn't break so easily. So now, did you guys figure out why tamarack? Well, because you have no cedar on the property. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, cedar shakes are the, your optimal probably right. for so that. So you're thinking build cedar shakes because you've heard of other people building cedar yeah. shakes. Uh -huh. And rot resistant and all those kinds okay. of things. So, all right. so outsourcing, and this is a side note, but you can give us the education on the tamarack. But a side note, when we went to fell that tamarack, Tim and I went out there to do that, and that's the first time I've ever put down a tree like that that was kind of fascinating right before we went to do the job though did we, he let you cut it down or did he do so it? he did it but we, we we both had to make a nature call so i was on one side looking over the beautiful view he was the other side not seeing the view and up from the view jumped a mountain lion first i thought it was a deer but it wasn't bouncing like a deer it was running like a cat and it was quite the you know got the heart going a little bit, and he looked over at me and took off the other direction. I don't think he realized we were even up there at the time. He just was like, you know, going for a little walk, and whoa, people, and then bolted off. That was kind of exciting. So I'm, I'm not sure about this, but I think you just said that you peed on a mountain lion. No, no. <laughs> peed on the mountain. Peed on the mountain, yeah. and the mountain lion then came up. So. And, and I think we had a chat earlier that it's a mountain lion and not a cougar. Uh, yeah, uh, unless it was a 40-year-old mountain lion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. right, right, the female. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, okay. Then Brennan better start running. Yeah, yeah, he was looking for Brennan, yeah. Hey there, fella. You're cute. All right, so... Yeah, that, that that's uh, that's got a like. Now, here's the big question: is is that did it interrupt your flow? 
The <laughs> flow <laughs> well, stopped before the lion appeared. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I All right. So back to Tamarack. Why the Tamarack? Does anybody else know? Should I tell? Uh, no, no limbs at the bottom. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Knots. Yeah. They're not as knots. naughty. It's they not as naughty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, Ryan and I dropped a tamarack right where we were building the pooper. And, and it's like, oh, how convenient that this tamarack chose this spot to, to be in our way. And, and this is the one where we did all beautiful like where, you know, we, we, we fill it with patience. Just wait. A wind will come along and help us out. And, uh, and it did. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, but we started trying to make shakes. And it's like uh, we would just get like, a, like, like a one or two shakes off of the outside edge. And then we start hitting knots. And it's like, well, and then and then it just became really hard. Um, and uh, and it's like, you know what we need? We need a, a tamarack that's bigger around. Like, let's let's go find a big Bertha tamarack. And so that's that's what Tim found. And and that's and that one, you guys are getting like three deep or so before it starts getting the knots, which are all in the middle. Is that about right? That's that's about right. Sometimes you can go even deeper. Sometimes we get into the heartwood. Yeah. So we found out that Charlie's magic skill is is shakes. Oh, it seems like well, well Brandon's got the, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, you were you were wailing on that, and I've got a video of you and Bob. Bob Bob was doing the assist, and I and I kind of thought like Bob's job looked like the worst possible job because he's got his face down there by the fro, and if anything goes wrong, then Bob's going to need a new eye. Yeah. Hey Bob, here's a thought. Uh, safety glass. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should get some. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, maybe maybe some helmets while we're shopping for you down. Maybe the full full on hockey gear or something because there were there was one time we were trying to go into the heartwood and we kind of backed off because the with the handle being loose and everything I thought it was going to take off Bob's nose or something so we kind of backed off on that. It's not worth an extra shake or two. But once you get to the middle, you start finding those little tiny branches from the young, young tree, yeah. and they're kind of uh, uh, um, making it so that it's hard to, to pull off shakes, and the shakes that you do pull off have little holes in them from the, the little branches and stuff. So, But hey, maybe that's where you put the nail in when you're attaching it. No, that's <laughs> not where you put the nail in. That doesn't work at all. All right, uh, anything more about... Um, nope. Oh, there's one thing when we were talking about diameter of the tree is... Uh, right, right. Is we were getting uh, maybe about what twenty shakes out of one out of, the out of one sixteen inch, and then something that was more like about twelve inches would get about ten. Right. So the, the big difference with diameter, which is kind of obvious, but is substantial in itself. Anything else? Shakes, pro, mountain lions. So, Interrupting your flow. The pooper has a great view right now. Still, yeah, yeah. out of all four, all four directions. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you won't have any privacy whatsoever. Not, not at this point in the and, in the development of it. So, and and you know. to use it, you you might need to hang from a rope or something. <laughs> That's right. We don't have the seat done yet. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a work in progress. I mean, the pooper is the highest priority for the whole project, but we kind of. Yesterday we put the pooper on hold so everybody could go and do the thing. So it's this whole thing about the uh, uh, bread labor versus soul labor. So we kind of got we got enough bread labor done where it's like, well, now these guys need a chance to do some soul labor. So then we talked about what were the things people wanted to do versus things that were at the top of the list for the need to do. Um, and and so um, we we started working with the Fadi with Fadi Moore and uh, making shakes. And um, was there anything else on that list? Picking up garbage. I think everybody was like, oh, you know what would be great? I'd love to go out and pick up some garbage. Because that happened some yesterday. Maybe that was more like Tim saying, you there, go pick up garbage. And, and uh, <laughs> I think Tim, Tim lives entirely on bread labor. I don't think Tim knows what soul labor means. Um, so, uh, uh, but it seems like there was something we did around here, like first thing in the morning. Oh, Brendan fixed a filing cabinet. That took forever. That seemed to go. Yeah, Jocelyn's happy. That was one of Jocelyn's little projects. Like, she, Jocelyn, Jocelyn says, I'm, uh, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this thing in that filing cabinet. And Tim says, no, don't do that. I'll take care of that. 
And then after about a half an hour, Tim says, okay, I can't, I have to stop working on this or I will rip it apart. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, where's Brennan? He's got little hands and he's getting in here and he'll do it. He'll know what to do. So I think Tim, I think this is Tim's way of showing that he has great confidence in you, Brennan. But, um, also a bit. And the Spider-Man. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. Well, the Spider-Man was awesome. But yesterday morning, okay, so at the vent, I haven't even looked at the vent. I haven't even seen it. So the vent's in. Yeah, yeah don't go look at it. It's, like, it's cool. <laughs> well, well you, you missed out because there was a bee's nest that I uh, just about, about got, got hit by a couple times as I was trying to get the, the vent in there. Ooh. That was fun. <laughs> so there's like, was it like yellow jackets or something up, up in, inside? Yeah, so it's just right at the apex of, of the roof. And, um, yeah, as I'm hammering away so that I don't lose the, the piece of wood I'm cutting out into the, the attic of, of the office. I the, the Yellow Jackets voted no. Yeah, it's a good thing I had a hat on. Okay. Because my head would have been gone. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. But, yeah, let's, let's talk about the Spider-Man thing. And so we've got this, uh, this building, which I guess is two-thirds office, one-third garage. And, um, uh, and you said the office part used to be some sort of massive pantry. Um, and I'm not sure if they were, uh, but, but you could tell where they would store, and I, I heard from somebody that they stored thousands of jars of canning stuff, and that's why it's shaped the way it is on the inside, um, and that they did kind of like a little canning operation in there somehow, but we're using it as an office. But um, what would happen is, is that the ceiling isn't finished in there, and so you've got just these, these bats of insulation and then if, if you open the garage and a wind comes up, it blows out big chunks of insulation. And um, so it's kind of like, and of course, people keep opening the garage because that's where we're parking the electric vehicles. And um, so it's like, you know what? Um, let's just fix this real quick. And um, it's like, okay, we're going to put some cardboard over this big opening between the garage and the attic over the, the office. And um, and we're like everything's being done on like whatever crazy materials we can find because you know we're just getting started here and things are not organized or well designed. We don't really have like a, a proper shop set up. We've got shop space, but we haven't even built the workbench yet. And so we don't we didn't have a ladder handy. And so um, what the hell did you do? You found like some kind of step stool, and then you jumped from that and you just leapt up onto the wall like some sort of parkour maneuver and and um, and then you're like hanging from the ceiling up by where this hole is and then you just start uh, slapping cardboard up there and going at it with a staple gun and then doing the spider-man monkey maneuver around the top until it was all done yeah that I, did I leave anything out I mean it was definitely an act of athleticism oh yeah it's very impressive when he was like a year, he used to crawl out of his crib like that all the time and just swing around the room. So, what? <laughs> I mean, it hasn't changed. It's just like it's just the bigger crib, you know. So, and now, and now, before anybody starts to think that that um, uh, we're just Morgan's just simply speculating about Brennan as a child, you you actually knew Brennan when he yeah, was. Yeah, I knew when, when he was a child. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. This is this is one of your homegrown babies. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, he's okay. A, he's a, and now he's bigger now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just bigger crib. You know. He's he's. Even. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the reasons why we were putting the, the cardboard up is because it was so hot, you got the AC going in the other room. And so we were trying to make it so that the cold air wasn't, wasn't oh, leaving right. that office. And that so, was that freaky hot day. And we're like, well, we're, like, we're trying everything to cool off. And it's like, oh, look, we found a little air conditioner over there. What happens if we turn it on? Does it actually work? It it sort of does. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked great as long as we had that, that up there and you didn't actually get into the attic where it was probably 120 degrees. I think it was about 140 up where you were. And, and, and uh, I know it was hot standing in the garage. And, um, you know, it was well over 100 uh, just standing in the garage. But it was much hotter where you were working. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Okay. All right. So that was, that was the Spider-Man uh, thing. Well, what else was on the list? <clears throat> Well, you said that uh, you had this Christy milking a goat and fast. So um, I got a picture up on Permies of uh, uh, Christy milking a goat, and um, <clears throat> and this is Tim's wife, little tiny blonde gal, um, with a with her great big gun. She takes with her everywhere. She's she's just. I mean, they they saw. There's we've seen a couple of bears. 
And so she just packs this gun with her. I don't. I haven't packed up bear spray or a gun yet. Have you guys? Any of you guys packed any bear spray or guns? Anybody? Nobody. I took the bear spray when you handed it to me after I saw the mountain lion. Except you never took it out of the package. Yeah, so it wouldn't do <laughs> as much. It's those plastic packages that you, you know, you, you can never get open. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like a chore. Yeah, go go find Brandon before go, we got to use the bear spray. Go find Brandon and ask him to open it for you. We thought <laughs> we thought about using it on the wasp nest. You know, pepper spray the wasps. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So so nobody had a gun or no. I carried my sidearm the entire time I was up there. Okay. And while I was working, it just like carrying a drill or something. It just was there. I never saw anything. I didn't get to see mountain lions or bears or anything, and I'm pretty happy with that. It's okay. Awesome. All right. I I spooked something in the woods that was big, and when I was walking up to find the water, the creek. Um, and uh, I don't know what it was, but it sounded like it went uphill. So okay. maybe, oh. maybe it was a bear because they tend to do that. They tend to like when they scramble, they just shoot right up. Dig by a creek. That sounds like some kind of a sighting of something. <laughs> anyway, we won't get into that. I don't think. Oh uh, yeah, was it like nine feet tall? And oh, did you look around for it turned. footprints? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and, and it was Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. All these years. You used to live in Oregon, didn't you? <laughs> Don't talk about it, Mike. <laughs> you just could never get any privacy there. <laughs> so I, I was going to say that the number one thing for, like, uh, you know, when you go out into the woods and stuff, I don't know why you guys don't do it. I, I think the thing to do is just be really, really giant-sized. Um, <laughs> it, you. It, it looks like a hassle to bring down, you know. So, but uh, the bears, I, all the bears we've seen have been black bears. And I visit with the neighbors, and it's been black bears, all black bears, black bears. And there's been talk about some mountain lions. Um, but so I think I think that was like we might go ten more years till we hear about a mountain lion around here. But um, I actually kind of think that was cool that you saw a mountain lion. Um, and of course it was it was cool that the mountain lion said, "I'm you know that's the predator's predator and I'm a predator and so I am I am so out of here." So um, uh, that all worked out really great. But I I guess the thing I'm trying to emphasize is is. I, I when I go up on the land, I don't feel like oh you know I'm my, I'm in danger. I I, I don't feel in danger. At, everybody's shaking their heads like no no one's concerned even a little. Um, I don't I don't think there's been anything up there that's been that's scary really. Um, I feel totally comfortable going out there. Um, Bob, well, I was told that if you see a bear, that they like it if you come up to them and tick them on the belly. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should try that experiment. <laughs> we'll watch a hundred yards away. <laughs> Take note. I like that. I, I don't know if I put this in Bobby's, but somebody's got a sign that they posted at a Permis that they took from some Canadian thing. And it says something like, you should learn the difference. Um, you should be able to tell the difference between black bears and grizzly bears. And, you know, here's what the, here's what the, um, the footprints look like. And, and then the uh, and here's what the black bear scat looks like and the and the grizzly bear scat actually looks like the black bear scat. Oh, and they said make sure to take up lots of I'm screwing this up. Make sure to take up pepper spray and put bells on your shoes. And then here's what the black bear scat looks like and the grizzly bear scat looks just like the black bear scat except it smells like pepper and has little bells in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, every time I've hiked like the Pacific Crest Trail, North Carolina, uh, the uh, Appalachian parts of the Appalachian, um, I, you know, I've been all over, and I just try to make noise. Sometimes I hum, I sing, I talk to the bears, say I tell them I'm coming, you know, just to, so there's no surprises. Because I think a lot of times it's just sort of like, you know, people are being bears are being quiet, people are being quiet, and they run into each other and. Usually the bears win. I've never encountered a grizzly bear in the wild, but I've encountered a lot of black bears. And when I see them, all I see is black bear butt as they mm -hmm. are hightailing it away from me. So um, anyway, all right, what else we got on the list? Oh, I just wanted to add, the only wildlife I saw up there that actually scared me, Charlie got into, because he actually got into a nest of yellow jackets while he's making 
shakes, and I haven't seen a dance like that in years. Yeah, I was dancing with bees, but only because it was after both Tim and Kelly ran over the nest <laughs> with their vehicles, and I'm behind carrying equipment. Right. So yeah, here I am getting my legs stung out from underneath me. That's, that's Fortunately, I'm not allergic. Right. Because what you thought was yellow jackets up there is actually, because yellow jackets wasp, they actually burrow in the ground, and that's why we didn't see them, because you could see where they were going in and out, and you could really see them when Charlie walked across them, a big cloud of them. But uh, they're going to file a suit <laughs> for ruining their house. I mean, totally, totally drove. Speaking of vehicles, what do you guys think of those electric vehicles? They're awesome. Oh, that little Polaris pulling that Tamarack, that was incredible. I can't believe he did it. So, so uh, Tim's not here right now, but he's, he says he pulled up to this place, um, some kind of recycling thing or something, and, and um, in, the, in the little Polaris was loaded up with some stuff to drop off. And there's these uh, these locals standing around, like three or four of them. These these guys that are like your your typical redneck hardcore, you know, guys. Is that is that electric? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really quiet. Is it? Does it got power? Oh yeah, yeah, it's got power. Oh. And there you could. So basically, Tim had like great rig pride, <laughs> you know, pulling up in this thing. And uh, these guys are all like, whoa, you know, they're kind of, as much as, as, as much as a tough redneck guy can do it, go, you know, because they can't really say, whoa. <laughs> but what they can do is, is, is you can get this look of lust on their eyes. <laughs> like, you know, it sounds, that is so cool. So Tim, Tim was driving the cool vehicle of the day. So, a great find. So now I, I like the little, the, the flatbed uh, rig myself. I mean, it does. It, I mean, the Polaris. Don't get me wrong. That is a smooth ride. You go and hit a bunch of bumps, and you barely notice the bumps. Oh, it's gutsy. That thing's gutsy. I mean, he pulled 12 foot sections of a tamarack tree up and over and through. I mean, it's amazing. Of course, he had a log puller too behind it. You know, a little cart. The skitter. skitter. A little skitter thing yeah, behind yeah. it. But still, considering what he was hauling with an electric. Vehicle. I mean, it had some torque. It was amazing what he was able. To well, do. now that's why we picked it is because yeah. it's because uh, like Steve Hackeroth's tractor in my electric tractor video. That's a 24 horsepower electric two wheel drive, and so the reason why we got the Polaris is that not only is it less than half the price of Steve Hackeroth's 24 horsepower tractor, this is a 30 horsepower all wheel drive rig. And so it's, it should have a lot more pull to it. And um, so we're going to, and, the, and the, it's like, you know, we've been over and over and over again about all the different tasks we need to do. And I used to have a tractor on my old farm, and it's like, okay, what are all the things I would do with it? And, and can we get away without that level of tractortude? And instead have an electric, because, man, those little electric, the little electric golf cart that I had was just amazing. It was the smartest thing I ever had. Now, you guys could probably understand, when I say this into the podcast, you could probably now understand why that is so valuable. Think about when you drive anywhere on the laboratory, how quiet these things are. And it's like, you know, when Tim fires up his diesel pickup or he's got that little four-wheeler thing that's a gasoline thing and it's wherever it goes. Yeah, you can hear him coming. But but just I mean just the quiet I mean you kind of feel a little bit more connected with what all we're doing a little bit more like you're you're more of in a symbiotic relationship with the land um, which I kind of think is what we're part of what we're shooting for here right and at the same time it's a tool you can get from you know cover great distance because otherwise without it by the time you get to where you're going to get some work done you arrive tired <laughs> like, now now I need to take an hour break to try and recover. Yeah, I made the mistake the first night I came up, I was going to go sleep in the teepee. I, I put my backpack on with all the essentials, and I hopped on the mountain bike and rode up the mountain bike. And it's pretty much uphill all the way. There are a few spots where, you know, you get a relief and you can go down into the valley where the teepees are. But uh, by the time I got up there, I was kind of like, you know, this is maybe something I do once or twice a week <laughs> when I don't when I don't have a lot going on because it does take a lot of energy out of you. And yeah, the uh, the electric bicycle, however, which you got from Recycle in Missoula, right? Mm -mm. No, no, you we got this from uh, an outfit called uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. 
I call it uh, Walmart. They don't sell any walls, though. They sell, like, <laughs> other things, like electric bicycles. Really? No. Well, it worked surprisingly well. Whenever I was, I had to use it to, to run up to the, land, to the lab there one time, and at least on the flats and on the minor grades, of course, I was pedaling to keep the assist going, but just at a pedaling speed that would be like cruising straight down a, you know, at an easy pace, I was cooking much faster than what the flatbed could do flat out. It was yeah. When we first had the the flatbed, the electric flatbed, and we had uh, the electric bicycle, then um, uh, Ryan and Jesse were in the flatbed, and I was on the bicycle, and I I we raced, and I beat them. I yeah. won. And I'm I'm like I'm like pedaling, but of course when we got when we got back up to base camp, I got to tell you. Even though I won and I had all that electric assist the whole way, I was pretty winded because, uh, you know, we were, we were racing. <laughs> um, the, the only other thing is on the, on the electric vehicles, I've learned a lot just about the amount of maintenance that you've got to kind of watch out for. Everything from you've got to be careful about your charging issues to the connections on the batteries. So... That's right. The one uh, so while you guys were here, the uh, the flatbed um, got got sick, and it turned out that uh, at one point in time, I think before you guys got here, one of the batteries totally melted out one of its posts. Like it was gone. You're like looking down inside the battery where the post used to be, and so we got that one replaced. And and then it's like then we started to see that uh, that stopped working or something went wonky, and it's like one of the other posts were thinking about melting. And um, so, so Tim went through and he said, okay, nobody drives it until we replace all of these terminal connectors with lock washers because I think he thinks that they're getting jiggled out. And so, um, so he did that, I think, yesterday morning, and we've been using it. I, I, I think that the uh, – I don't know. I like the little flatbed better for some reason. I don't know why. Even though the, 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 the Polaris thing, the blue fancy thing – um, uh, it's got such a smooth, smooth ride, um, and and it you know of course it'll it'll go places that the little flatbed won't go. I don't know I, the little flatbed just seems like a humble little thing. I mean even though it's got like a much larger, you know, area to carry stuff, and I I like the idea of making a little rack for the back of the the flatbed thing. All right, anybody got anything else to say about the electric vehicles? Nope. Okay. What's the next thing? Uh, the spring that Charlie found, or the little crick with running water. Oh, right. Right. So <clears throat> currently on the land, there is no running water. And we've dug a couple of holes with the idea of like, you know, surely we'll find water, and we haven't. Um, and then, uh, um, but if you go up the draw, that um, uh, eventually you find a little dribble of water, and, and Charlie went up there and found it. Yeah, I, originally I, I tried to follow the creek bed. Well, I did when I, where I could, but <clears throat> there's a lot of growth. It's really thick in certain spots with small bushes and, and uh, plants um, and, you know, scrub thicket, really. It's, it's just uh, in different places, and so you just can't get through it. I didn't have a uh, machete or anything with me, um, but I could just cut back uh, to the road that kind of more or less paralleled the, 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 the creek bed, the dry creek bed, and uh, eventually uh, I just... Uh, I was walking along. There's a, was a, there were a few uh, tree falls that you know I had to jump over, but uh, one, finally just heard this bubbling. There was just some bubbling, and uh, right off the side of the of, of uh, the forest road before it get before it just sort of really gets uh, un unutilized and it's just full of full of stuff. Um, and I went down and checked it out, and it was probably when I checked it out, I think it was probably more like anywhere between like 10 and 15 gallons a minute uh, um, or a second. Mm -hmm. Oh, a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think when we went up there later to check it out, it was, it was much drier. It was much, uh, there was much less water. It was probably more like, I think we figured five gallons. So second. where I was looking, it was about five, five gallons per minute. Per minute. Per minute. Five <laughs> gallons per minute. Per minute, yeah. And then um, a little further up, I could see a little bit more flow. And up there, it looked like it was probably 10 gallons per minute. 
Um, and then uh, that one, I, I think we're looking at probably several thousand feet away from the laboratory where that water's running. And, and I think, I'm not sure, but I think that that land is uh, owned by um, this outfit called um, the United States of America. And um, <clears throat> they can, they, I, I hear they have a lot of lawyers and they're looking for, you know, guys to be mad at and stuff. So um, I, I was kind of thinking, although I've heard, I've heard people talk about it and it's like, oh no, yeah, technically, don't be putting any pipe into a creek way up there, but um, but apparently, uh, like the Forest Service that manages the land, they're like, you know, we've got bigger things to deal with, and so a lot of people do it, and the Forest Service is like, well, whatever. So it's like, but if they wanted to be angry at you, they, then then now they've got license to be angry at you. Um, so and and when they get angry, when they take the time to be angry, they they they're, you know, bigger than a mountain lion, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> Got some experience with that, do you, Brennan? Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, you know. Okay, all right. I think that tells a world of stories. All right, Kit, what's next? Uh, up around the teepee camp, the whole dining and dancing with pigs things and baby goats nursing on... Oh, what the hell is with those goats? <laughs> so we've got baby goats. There's a bunch of baby goats up there. And, um, and then it's like, so, so, so people are trying to drive their vehicle away to go to another place or whatever. And there's little baby goats. They go under the trucks and they put their heads up like they're trying to nurse on their mama. And it's like, it's like they think that the truck is a big mama goat and they're trying to find the teat. And there, it's like, would you get out from under there? And you can't get them to come out. It's like, no, I'm going to find this teat. I know it's here. And this, this mama goat is bigger than all the other mama goats put together. So there is going to be so much milk if I just can find the teat. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's kind of, you're trying to drive away, but you're like, you don't want to hurt the goat. And it's like, come on, get out from under there and stay away. But, you know, really the thing to do this is a lesson in, um, hey, here's a thought. Keep your goat in a fence. <laughs> so, uh, but that was, that, they kind of let the goats out because the goats were, uh, they've got like a, a, a dog that protects them and uh, um, stays with them all the time. The dog is like one of the goats. And, um, and so they, you know, they're like letting the goats, uh, until they get their, they're in town today to buy an extra charger, the goats aren't going very far. So soon, soon the goats will be properly fenced up and um, won't be trying to milk the trucks. And uh, the guard dog, the livestock dog that you've got around those goats is incredibly protective of those goats, so much so that if the chickens get very close to the goats, they are in trouble. It's like, you get away from my goats right now. <laughs> and it's so much so that I actually, not having been around this very much, saw the dog grab one of the chickens, and it carried it across the road, and sat it down and tried to get up a couple of times. It chased it down, took it back, and was looked like it was gnawing on it. I thought it was killing one of the chickens. I texted them, your dog just killed a chicken, because the dog went away, and the chicken just sat there. I was over by the cars. 15, 20 minutes later, I walked over. The chicken was just fine. It was looking around, but it wasn't about to move until that darn guard dog let it go. So ah. And it got up and it walked off. But it was, must have been gnawing on it like a puppy or something. I am you know, probably thinking, I don't want any more dog spit on me. <laughs> it's hard enough to pick up chicks. <laughs> All right. Okay, what's next? Okay, uh, the food. You guys have been feeding us really well. Uh, Morgan cooked some amazing barbecue. Uh, he cooked enough barbecue to feed how many pounds of beef? I think it was a 12 pounds of beef. I think we, we chopped up and sliced and then did a Korean-style barbecue. Yeah. With, uh, with the, we used uh, sesame oil and soy, uh, gluten-free soy sauce and, um, and some hot pepper and some garlic in it for a marinade and let it soak overnight. I, ideally, I liked it to go for about three days, but we didn't have the time. So overnight, and then we put it out there. I thought, we'll have enough for lunch the next day, but by the end of the day... There was not one, one morsel of that left. When we the get end of that meal. 
Yeah, in that, yeah. In that meal, yeah, in that meal, that meal, it, it was wiped out. So, and and I believe you gave me some advice on how to eat it properly. Yes. Yeah. The, the advice on how to eat it properly. Like a man. Yeah, like how a, a man, man. Like a man. Because typically we do it in a lettuce wrap with a little bit of rice and some slivered vegetables and maybe a little kimchi. Just make it very nice little lettuce wrap. And as soon as you get your lettuce wrap, if you're the man in the group, you go ahead and do that because the women all really like the lettucey wrappy thing. And then you go back and just grab all the meat you can. <laughs> and that's, that's how that's that's the okay. man's way of doing it. All right. All right. So, yeah. So so uh, ba- basically, the lettuce is on your plate to deflect people yeah. from <laughs> suggesting that you're not eating enough green. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's yeah. really, you know, and it's like as long as it's on your plate, then clearly you got it oh, under control. Oh, this lettuce and these slivers of cucumber and carrot and peppers must be balanced and healthy. I got, the so. meaty bits were exceptionally delicious. And, and I, I got I to admit that I kind of... Uh, started to focus on that, but I, I also ate all my lettuce first. I did it the wrong way, and then I guess I challenged the people <laughs> by just putting meat on my plate with no lettuce, and I'm waiting. I, it's like, bring it. Bring it. No one said anything. I, I, I guess I tested the other, yeah. but I can see your point because sometimes there are people that follow me around and say, you're not eating enough greens, and... Um, <laughs> And and it's like and yet somehow I turned out so much bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was kind of cute watching you eat the lettuce wrap, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the food you guys got, we got a bunch of food in front of us here, so we're talking with full mouths part of the time. But one of the other things we need to bring up is um, you still have a need for a kitchen commander here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jocelyn uh, it feels you, powerfully Josh. compelled to feed people, but now she's taking up too much time out of her her own work that she needs to do. And um, uh, the the idea of seeing a person who might look like they they might be a, a pinch peckish, Jocelyn cannot tolerate that within a twelve foot diameter of where she is. So it's it's kind of like uh, um, and and the same so. So yeah, uh, we need to. We do need a kitchen commander. So we posted it out of permits as a paid position. We're willing to pay somebody to come out here and and keep our uh, uh, kitchen producing food and um, to run around the spoon and smack anybody who didn't wash their own plate. Um, and um, I just I like the idea of having a very militant kip kitchen commander. Uh, and I I can't help but think that whoever manages the kitchen is probably also a very um, nurturing kind of person. But um, I, I also think it's, there's great comedy when somebody doesn't wash their own plate. I, we, we uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Lily said she'd cook breakfast, and somebody put their plate down and then and then left, and she went chasing after him. You get back here! I'm not your dish, bitch. <laughs> so I thought that's so fucking awesome. And then I washed my plate. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't me just chasing down. I was still, I was on the third. I was, I was in the middle of eating second. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, the food has been really good. We're supposed to, um, you guys went to Silk Road yeah. restaurant? Yeah, Silk Road last night. It's, um. On uh, um, Paul's suggestion, no, you didn't talk the, about it. On it was on the podcast, and so when my wife and I were coming to see my son in Spokane, we drove through here, and we said we're going to stop at that restaurant, and we fell in love with it. It is, it's now her favorite restaurant in the world. She just loves it. So I took Brennan, and it was really, really packed. A lot of reservations. Well, do you have reservations? I said, Why no? You know, can't we get in? So she set us up to the bar, and we. Uh, had the tapas plates brought to us on, at the bar and a couple suggestions from the waiter and we just picked and choose. I don't know how many we had. Seven plates? Of different food? I think it's six. And a pasty kind of plate. We yeah. had a crab dip that I think they put an entire block of cream cheese in it. Um, that was good, but it was rich. It kind of wiped us out at the end, you know. And, and uh, or so, a pork tenderloin. Schnitzel. Schnitzel. Pork oh. schnitzel is really good. It was wonderful. So, yeah, we loved that. It was great. So I, um, there's a restaurant in Missoula that's better, and and you might want to try the Riverside, okay. you know. Um, and <clears throat> but maybe it's just me because every time I go, then the chef comes out from the back, and and he says, 
So he says, "Oh, Paul, I've I've made a new creation today, and and I and I need to I need you to try it and tell me what you think." So it's like I guess I'm the I'm the taste tester, but you know, every time he's done that, I've I've always been really impressed. Actually, there was one time he brought me out a dessert, and uh, it was like uh, um, not I I didn't like it. It was uh, but but two of the desserts, three of the desserts he's brought out that way have been fantastic. And like one, the last one he brought out was some sort of. Uh, lemon poppy seed in fact it was with uh ryan and jesse we stopped by there for lunch and he came out and and they don't serve desserts at lunchtime but um the chef derek comes out and sees me and and he says now i've got these things these desserts that i've made for dinner and i want you to try one so he brought brought one out for each of us and uh it was a a lemon poppy seed thing with some kind of goo in the middle and um uh, and on the side it was um rosemary ice cream and um in a previous time it was a, a previous dessert it was sage ice cream um so anyway he does a lot with those kinds of of ice creams and then he also brought us out head cheese and um my all of my previous experience with head cheese had been from a company called oscar meyer <laughs> and it was like not something you would eat intentionally like like you know starvation th- things it's like okay but but the head cheese that Derek brought up because he breaks down a pig like every two weeks or something like that and uh, and if you get there on just the right day he, he serves pork belly there and it's like you got to find out when he serves the pork belly and it'll be like the best meal you've ever had in your life but um I gotta tell you the head cheese was amazing and um, uh, so, and on on top of that, that on, on mentioning head cheese, of course, the farm said Meatsmith stuff. They've got that in that video. They talk about the head cheese that they make, and I'm sure it's delicious. And I'm I'm currently talking to them about coming out here. We're nailing down dates for Rocket Mass Heater workshops here um, at the project, and um, uh, we're in, we're talking about where they're going to be. We're going we're going to do a cob one and a teepee, and I think we're going to do three of the um, wood sided kinds with the pea gravel. Um, one uh, in here in the house, one in the office, and one in the auditorium. So, um, I, and I think that those will go together really, really fast. But and then in between those, those will be two workshops. And I'm trying to work it out to see if we can get it so that in between those two workshops, which happen on a weekend each, that in the middle, in the middle of the week, we have um, Brandon from Farmstead Meatsmith come out and we'll break down a pig and eat some fine pork. And by the way, those videos are phenomenal. When yeah, post, I watched all of them, and I was just like, so well done. And you know, almost there's like a, I don't know what the word is, just sort of a, an emotional, ethereal aspect to it. It just, it was, they were beautifully done. So thanks for pushing those out. Everyone, I mean, everybody, they, everyone should watch those. They're just really amazing. I, I'm curious if a vegan watches those. If a vegan will say, okay, I'm going to still be a vegan. But I'm going. I, I'm okay with eating that meat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious. I don't know. As you're, I think your, it's possible. You're crunching your bacon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do vegans think of this? Yeah. This is the bacon podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bacon um, cast. Yeah, Jocelyn saw people st- sitting around the table, so she had to make them bacon. And um, yeah. we got this little buffet of food here. Jocelyn had made sure that we were all Are those eating. greens over there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's touched them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Fresh from a garden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. People love us. I give us things. That's good. All right. What's next on the list? Uh, we needed to mention that Owen Hapleton is here. Yeah. I don't think he's got up yet, has he? Is he still in bed? Nine o'clock in the morning. What's up with that guy? He might be on his computer. He's got all of those prep preparations he's got to do for his presentation. Oh right, he's up. We saw him earlier. Yeah, he was here. It's yeah. like, what are you doing with that? And so it's like, um, yeah, he's here, but he's he's getting ready for a PDC. And so Owen has stayed with me a few times in the past. Somehow I'm like conveniently in between other things that he's doing. So um, and and of course usually I can squeeze a podcast out of him, and we're talking about. Having uh, getting his thoughts on a comparison between um, Alan Savory's techniques and the things that uh, you know, and Joel Salatin's techniques, mm-hmm. and see what see what he has to say. But we'll record that probably in a couple of days. We'll get him a little more caught up on what he's been working on, 14 hours a day. Okay, and then um, you visited with him some too. Yeah, but it's, I've been on the whole. 
paleo diet type thing for a while, and he's been on something similar, to, and he's got a huge amount of knowledge, and I picked up some tips I've been following, some of the biohacking stuff that Dave Asprey does, and he pointed me at some really interesting uh, information. So it was kind of off of the standard stuff that we normally talk about, but it's kind of, I think, related because it's about eating healthier, healthier fats, and and, you know, eating happy animals that ate what they were supposed to eat. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen him say he's making dessert, and um, I don't know. I think I saw an egg go in, and maybe some coconut fat, and and it, and it's, then he he blends it all up, and um, and he and he always says, "Got to have my fats." Um, Very but, impressive. Did you see him crack the raw egg? Yeah, he called him Rocky. Yeah, Rocky cracked it. Just sucked it right down. He politely turned away from the yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. And then popped the, then I cracked the egg open and just sucked her down. Ha! Ha! <laughs> well, so, all right, what's next on the list? Okay, the next is toxic gick. Toxic waste disposal that mm, Morgan was right. involved in. So we've got, we've got this little shed. And um, uh, and it's kind of like I think I've had uh, probably 17 different people suggest that this shed has a clear future, and and that is that it's going to be hippie habitat, intern storage, um, and it's like, uh, um, but every time you go into it, it has this nasty smell to it, and no one's bothered to you know go in there and really clean it up. <clears throat> so, but and and I went in and I just thought it smelled like a tack room. But Morgan goes in and... And the first thing I smelled was diazinon. And not that I was in the chemical industry, but in the organic industry, all around me, everyone was using chemicals. So I have a real good sensitivity and nose for whatever is being sprayed. And it was diazinon. I, I smelled diazinon. And everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And so they looked around. And what did you find? I found a plastic sack with a green bottle in it. And the green bottle had clearly oozed this yellow liquid out. That's why they put somebody put it into a plastic sack. And the little green bottle said on it in bright letters, diazinon. Diazinon. So yeah. Anyway, then of course we, we ought to get rid of that. Was the discussion, and nobody would go at it. So I ended up taking the bullet. Actually, Tim actually got it out of the building, and then I took the bullet and took it and took it to the uh, the toxic. Toxic gick repository right. of fondling toxic gick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, the the repository was I've seen more sophisticated ones. Theirs was like there was a pile of batteries and a pile of something else, and we put that next. They told us to put that next to it, so it really wasn't super secure. They had a museum of toxic yeah. gick. Right. Yeah. Museum. Of, yeah. At the at the transfer mm-hmm. station. Yeah. Or the waste, waste station. Or whatever. <laughs> the garbage <laughs> dump or whatever. They had a toxic gick holder place. Okay. Yeah. All right. All it right. wasn't very sophisticated, but we took it there because that's where they told us to put it. So they'll take it home and feed the children later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. And then there was our helpful farmer. Oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> what the? So so this guy is like driving by, and we're all we're standing outside talking about what we're going to do, and we see this guy driving along the road with his tractor. And he's got a spray tank, and he is spraying the side of the roads. And then I thought, well, maybe he's got a contract, or maybe he's... And then they start to come onto my property, and they're, like, next to the road. And then Tim races down there and waves them down and stops them and says, we don't want any spray. We don't want any spray. By the way, what are you spraying? 2,4-D. And, and, and Tim's impression is the guy's just doing it to be helping his neighbors, just to be neighborly, helping out fellow neighbors, going to gonna spray 240. Now, I hate it when we talk about permaculture and it ends up talking about poisons. But um, i got to tell you, from, um, from my days as a master gardener, here is one thing I learned about 24D. If you, take, if you take a little bit of 24D, about the amount that you would have in a roll of lifesavers, and you divide it into four little bits, so three little lifesavers worth, and you spread that just on the skin of four children that are six years old, about the size of a six-year-old, two of them will definitely die, definitely, and the other two will merely be fucked up for life. Now, this is not, they haven't eaten it, 
It's merely been put on their skin, like what they would encounter if they went running through a field that's been sprayed with 2,4-D. So, um, you know, the thing is, this stuff is extremely toxic, and it's been around um, for decades. And um, so, <clears throat> anyway, all right. So uh, uh, this guy, so we got him to stop spraying it. So now, part of my land has been sprayed with 2,4-D. And then uh, Charlie went out and hung up signs saying no spray. And I, I think I think in order, I, I imagine this guy um, and all of his helpfulness probably won't notice the signs. We should probably, I'm, I'm just predicting. Maybe he will, maybe he'll remember, maybe, I don't know. But um, maybe he's worried that uh, we're going to be growing something that might send seeds his way or I don't know what. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, an unfortunate thing. But um, and now we've we've got only 20% uh, of the spray that uh, we could have had if we didn't happen to be standing there. What's next? The uh, the last thing on the list is how you fleeced everyone at poker. So um, and and you've got to admit because you dealt. I did. And and it's like as it was bizarre. I kept getting dealt aces until somebody said queens are wild. And then I just got dealt face up a bunch of queens. So it's not like I'm slipping anything in anywhere or anything like that. But yes, we played penny any poker one night, and I did awesome. <laughs> I I think I came out about four dollars ahead. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. So um, and it, and I won, and then I won some more, and then I won some more. All right, and that's the last item on our list. That's it. We got through the whole list. Wow. So that's what we did over the last five days. One of which, one of those days, I wasn't even here. That was that's that's. I think that's pretty good. But did you guys have a good time? Was it worth coming out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I know. So so Kit, you drove here, didn't you? Like it took right. two days or so. Right, but I was, I brought a bunch of my own tools because I knew what we were going to be working on was stuff that I was in. So. It was useful to be able to bring all of those. Plus, I rented a car, and the gas mileage was so much better, it basically paid for the rental, and all of the mileage went on their vehicle instead of mine. Ah, right, right. Okay. So, and then uh, the two of you came up from Utah, so that's a bit of a, but that's like a, a day, eight yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. We left late in the night, so we did sleep at a rest stop in the uh, cab of the truck. You know, it was mm -hmm. very uncomfortable. But here it's been very comfortable, so it's good. Yeah, so it's like seven, seven and a half hours, I think, to get yeah. to my place, and here's another two. So, but now you guys, you guys stayed here at the house, right? And yeah. then, and then everybody else was up in teepees. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really like the teepees. I, I, I was surprised that the teepees did not have bug issues at all. In, unless we were, unless we had a light on at night. We didn't get any any insects inside, whereas the outside, you know, there's all kinds of bugs and bees and stuff flying around and trying to get sweat off of you and stuff. There was like nothing inside the teepee. We we did a special um, enchantment on the teepee that tells the bugs, um, you know, uh, to go next door to get fresh blood. Um, Maybe that's yeah. I think it's the airflow type thing. You know, it's exhausting out the top constantly okay. type deal, and I think that they're just being pulled out the top and not, you know, the ones that do make it in. Okay. All right. And then they seem to only the bugs seem to only come by if you have a light on at night, headlight or whatever. And uh, but if you have the little red light option, mm -hmm. they don't seem to screw around with you at all. The red light option. There's. We have a red light option. on the bug line. <laughs> I, I I just didn't know this property came with all these features. <laughs> well, you you were talking about overlay businesses. Oh right, right, right. So so now we've got this overlaid business of the red light, <laughs> the red light option. Oh, maybe do we need a new zone or something in permaculture? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, even if the bugs that come in, uh, Kelly has this great um, setup. It's a it's a it's a hammock, sort of hammock tent, and you can zip it up or have it like a tent, and bugs wouldn't bother you anyway. So you'd have double protection. But that was pretty neat because it fit right in one side of the teepee, and we could have fit probably at least another couple people around the, the size of the teepee if we needed to. Yeah, how many, people could, 
How many people could comfortably because we have really big teepees. Yeah. How, how many people could comfortably sleep in one of these teepees? Well, with the cots that uh, both Bob and I are now sleeping on, um, I'm guessing probably about five. I would think you could at least put like five around the around the edges, and then maybe even have room for people in the middle. But you're also maybe going to want to have a table or or maybe a fire or something like that. Right. So, right. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's and it was really extremely comfortable. The one problem I run into is that I like to sleep in the perfect dark, um, or I don't get as good a night of sleep. So I, uh, the TP always seems to like be lit up. You know, it's it it. I think it's channeling like the the starlight, and it's just like turning. It's sort of like an inverted lampshade or something where the we, light's coming inside. We ordered up stars for night lights for you guys while you're here. I yeah. noticed there were extras in the sky last night yeah, that I yeah. never constellations I'd never seen. So yeah, I kind that of was for you. How you'd yeah. done that. We also ordered up some some northern lights. Did you see any of those? I did we did we see any? Did you guys see any any northern lights? No, no. you may want now, to do get I your need money to call back on that. get our money back or I mean were they there and you guys just couldn't be bothered to go look? Oh, I think I would have noticed them. Okay, all right. Lights. I'll I'll see I'll look into that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have a pair of binoculars I usually pull out to, to yeah. watch to right. watch the stars. And that's a great feature with the, the T P two is you can open up the top flaps and be laying there and looking at the stars. Right. Right, right. Now, um, well, okay. Well, I was just thinking on the bugs attraction to light, the insect attraction. They're always male, because the light does a thing where it concentrates the female pheromone. So the males are looking for a date when that light's there. So that's what you're attracting in. It's just all a bunch of guys looking for. They want to date that night. They want to fuck the light. Well. If you want to put in those. Yeah, okay. All right. So you're saying the red light's appropriate. The red, light, yeah. <laughs> the red light, they're not going to come to you. They're white light, they would. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So the, the, maybe, the, maybe the red light draws in the female. Hey. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how this works. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so you guys got to got to do all your soul labor that you wanted to do, um, and and uh, it does seem like we would uh, we would kind of get done, and people had more energy to do more things, and and um, I don't feel like we did anything with wild edibles. Maybe we should have focused on doing some of that a little bit. Um, Charlie tried, but uh, that didn't work out. Um, tried to get us some fish, but uh, the, the the creek was not producing that day. Well, much. There, there was one uh, that I saw. I saw two, so I, I think I came back and said. You asked me, did you, we catch a mess, mess of fish for the barbecue? And I said, well, what did I say? I said I caught half of what I saw. And unfortunately, the half that I saw, two fish, I saw two. I caught one small little rainbow uh, trout. I saw it in this beautiful, the water is so clear uh, coming off this creek. It's just full of river stone everywhere you step. I waded across it several times. And everywhere you step, it's a river stone, beautiful river stone. And you can just see right down. And I saw this fish, and I guess the water was kind of magnifying a little bit or something. And I just, you know, I uh, couldn't tell how big it was. It was pretty deep, deep, deep hole. And as soon as I popped that fly on top, it just went for it. It was the first cast that I got on the river. It just went right for it. So it was, it was pretty hungry. But then I, you know, it's like, as it was tugging, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a little baby. Yeah. So, but I, I you know, pulled him in and looked at a beautiful little rainbow that is going to be on my plate in about maybe uh, three or four weeks because I know where it lives. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. What else? Anything else, guys? Anything else come to mind? Um, all right. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about the laboratory homesteading, and permaculture all, all the, the time. time.